I want to go to 2 Corinthians. Got your Bibles if you could get there. Chapter uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verses 13 and 14. I promise you there's a man sitting at home right now watching this and he doesn't have to turn to that. He's got it memorized. A lot of us do. that have been a part of this ministry for a long time. Somebody say amen when you get there. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. God, I praise you. Even in the moments of uncertainty, I praise you. You've humbled me so much today. I know you've given me a word to give. God, I need you to give me the boldness to do that today. I told you I would be obedient even in the times of uncertainty. I would be obedient till it hurt and I would push past that. I am praising you for making these one of those moments because I know only good comes from obedience to you. God, in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. God, I just take pride away from me. Do not let me get in your way. Take pride, anger, selfishness, fear, anxiety. God, just take it away from me and replace it with nothing but you, God. Your love, your breath, your boldness. God, I need your boldness. I pray all these things, God, and I claim it in your name, and I thank you for giving us that authority to claim victory in your name, God. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. Earlier this week, I had someone question um, my sermon from last week. It wasn't somebody from this congregation. It was from outside of this church. I want to take this moment to apologize to absolutely no one. Let me explain that. The Spirit is perfect. In the book of Matthew, it tells you that the Spirit is perfect. When you're walking in the Spirit and when you're teaching in the Spirit, you don't apologize. I assure you, if my selfishness and my pride gets in the way, I hope that y'all know me well enough to know that I'll definitely, I'll definitely ask for forgiveness. I'll apologize quickly. 
But I need y'all to understand that any time you're walking in the Spirit, it is perfect and you don't apologize to anyone in those situations. That's hard for me to do. I'm a pleaser. It's part of my job. I always want to make people happy. So it's hard for me to stand up here and be bold in those moments. I don't mind telling y'all this. But I'm going to do it because I know that's my job. And if I don't do it, is the rest of my church going to do it? Is the rest of God's church going to do it? We have got to lead that way, guys. We've got to. Again, if I hurt someone's feelings and it's something that myself or if it's something that you guys do, we have to immediately reach out to those people and apologize. That's part of being a peacemaker. God bless the peacemakers, right? We also have to be meek in those moments. God bless the meek as they will inherit the earth. That's another thing. But again, and y'all have heard me say this before, meekness is not weakness. And I refuse to be weak when the Spirit is covering me. I was asked a question. What is a Christian warrior? A Christian warrior a Christian warrior does not flee from the attack of Satan. A Christian warrior walks up to Satan during that attack and punches him in the mouth. That's what a Christian warrior does. A Christian warrior believes in miracles, healing, and the spiritual gifts. Because they know it's real because they're soaked in the spirit. They believe in those things. A Christian warrior talks to God on their knees. A Christian warrior has that relationship with their father. We talked about that last week, right? That's our father. Talk to him that way. A Christian warrior does not walk on water. A Christian warrior dances on it. A Christian warrior puts his family first, his or her family first. A Christian warrior stands firm in the belief that God gives him and stands firm in the word that God gives him. He gives that word and to heck with the consequences. You know why that is? Because if you're doing what God told you to do, there are no consequences. You're doing exactly what he's led you to do. You know, I had a sermon this morning, and, and I thought it was a pretty good one, by the way. And on the way here today, God said no, and I felt terrible. I'd already sent Kyle and, and Nick the slides and everything, and I got here. I told them, I said, don't worry about it. I'm just I'm, I'm going off script. We all know this church is completely <laughs> unscripted. A Christian warrior is obedient, guys. A Christian warrior is birthed out of a opportunity for obedience. That's how it's birthed. This video, I never, I did not know Kyle was going to make this video two weeks ago. And I had already been planning on a sermon at some point in time about what a Christian warrior is. As soon as I saw that video last week, God had reminded me of it. But I put it on the back burner because I knew I had another sermon prepared for this week. Again, on the way here, and what's funny is, is I was so uncomfortable putting this sermon together the last two days. Why didn't I figure it out? 
But here's the good news. I figured it out. A Christian warrior catches those things, guys. They catch it when it's not too late. And we catch it quicker because we're submissive to the Spirit. A Christian warrior stands up for their church, serves their church to grow the kingdom. A Christian warrior also doesn't just serve these four walls. We get outside of these four walls. A Christian warrior doesn't care if you're Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, non-denominational, any other of that stuff that goes on. They don't care. We know we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to try and build the kingdom together. A Christian warrior is not fearful of the times that they're weak because they know that at the times they are weak, he is strong. A Christian warrior actually welcomes those situations. He's not scared of them. She's not scared of them. A Christian warrior, if it's a man, prays with his wife daily. Prays with his kids daily. And when I say pray, I'm talking about claiming healing, casting out the, the, evil, the evil situations that try to get into your home. A Christian warrior wakes up with that mentality every single day that they know they got a fight on their hands. But again, they know they're going to win if they're just submissive. And that's another reason a Christian warrior is very confident, and that's why they're very confident. They're very confident in their stance with God, and they're very confident in the, in the reality that they're not going to lose because they're going to be submissive. Christian warrior realizes that in the past he may not have been the best father but he steps up and he starts to lead by example and it's not too late a Christian warrior is a young man that just graduated college that knows that whatever he chooses and the path that he chooses, he's going to make sure whatever he does is going to build the kingdom. A Christian warrior is somebody that loses their wife but still has multiple kids that he's got to continue a legacy on with. A Christian warrior is someone that um, their son is murdered and she forgives that person and carries on to build the kingdom. A Christian warrior is somebody that loses a father and a brother, struggles with a lot of issues in life but finally puts a foot down and says you're not taking me anywhere else I'm going on this side 
Christian warrior is somebody that has uncertainty about a job but has mouths to feed at home. But they're going to stand firm in the belief that they know good and well that God is going to lead them down the path to give them the job that's going to give them the finances, that's going to take them out of all that financial uncertainty and take care of their family. Because that's what matters most. And they stand firm on that. A Christian warrior is somebody that regardless of how crazy something sounds and God tells them to go tell somebody or to do something, they have the obedience to do it. And it saves somebody's life. You get that confirmation. Christian warrior is somebody that owns a restaurant, loves people, loves his associates, and through that love and that guidance and that leading by example, it builds the kingdom. A Christian warrior is a man that at one point in time was struggling down the wrong path. God slapped him in the face. He writes a book. It changes the lives of many. Y'all feel where I'm going here? Christian warrior is also somebody that runs for mayor, gets elected, and is building the kingdom through that process. I do want to say one more thing, and some of you won't like it. But again, I asked for his boldness, and I'm surprised that I'm going to say this. Everybody in this room that knows me knows I hate politics. I don't like to talk about it. don't like it at all. But I'm going to say one thing, and God showed me this yesterday. And I'm not going, understand, and everybody knows this, that, that watched that watched the sermon or that was here for the sermon when I preached on how to vote as a Christian. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent Christian. That's exactly the line that I go down. And I don't go to the left or the right. I stay on the path of God. That's how I vote. Okay? We've been praying for years that we would have a president that would step up and God would take over his heart and change our country. I truly believe Y'all can say what you want. The man is wild. But I truly believe that God did change Donald Trump's heart. I truly believe that. I've seen a difference in him. We haven't had a lot of presidents that have stepped up and said, this happened because of Jesus Christ. This good happened because of our Savior. We had not had a lot of presidents say that. But here's what God slapped me in the face with. He said, I changed his heart. You don't think I can change the next president's heart? Guys, we got to start praying that no matter what this situation is, that he takes over. It doesn't matter who the person in control is. It, it, all that matters is, is he going to be submissive to him? Is he going to be a Christian warrior? So that's my prayer now. My prayer is, if there is issues, if there is corruption, I want to see it. If there's not, change his heart. Change his heart. That needs to be our thought process, guys. There's a lot of people that are going to be put into leadership that we're not going to like. But the one thing that I'll always lean on is God and not man. A Christian warrior fights for what he believes in. And he doesn't back down. Even if it 
could be death. He doesn't back down. She doesn't back down. This church is full of them. There's a lot of CW sitting in this room. And there's a lot more to come. I have no doubt about that. For those of y'all that are visiting today, I promise you this is not normal. I've only tore up my notes one other time, and that's because we were standing over a man claiming healing for 15 minutes. So that was the perfect time to talk about that. But if you are here today and you're a visitor, never been here before, one thing that I can promise you is that this church is built on biblical guidelines of how to grow the kingdom, love people, and stand firm in our faith. That's a promise. I think my elders will agree with that. Our number one job at this church as a pastor, the, the leadership that was up here, the elders and so forth, the worship team, our job every Sunday is to not only teach you, but to get you in the spirit. That's our job. The more that you feel that, the more normal it is to you. And the next thing you know, you're walking in the spirit throughout the day and you're changing the kingdom every minute, every second of the day. That's always your thought process and that should always be our thought process. Our job is to teach this to you guys. Our job is to make sure that y'all walk out of here and number one, your family's stronger. Number two, once your family's stronger, you start building this church. Number three, once you start building your family, the church, we're gonna get outside and get after this community. That's our job, guys. But we can't do it until we fix it in here, right? So there might be times that you may think we're hard on you or we're pushing you too hard or maybe we're stretching you to those limits. Please understand, I'm preparing y'all for battle. It's not a joke, guys. The evil, the evil one is out there. And he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He's going to constantly attack you over and over. And one thing I need you to also understand about a Christian warrior, because if you're a Christian warrior and you have a strong relationship with God, you're going to get attacked a lot. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But just like I said at the beginning, a Christian warrior does not flee from the attack of Satan. He punches him in the mouth and tells him to come on. Because, again, we know we have the champion on our side. Amen? I want to try something real quick, guys. I want to also prove to you guys what it is that Christian warriors do. Guys, can I get y'all to turn those lights off and shut those doors, please? It's going to get dark in here. And if you've never been in here before without the lights on, it's going to get dark. Yes, sir. Mikey, can you shut that door back there so there's no light coming in? You see, there's two types of Christians, just like that video said. You have your Christian, again, that knows what he's doing. He's going to go to heaven. He's going to live a very safe life. Very safe. And again, there's nothing. I'm not going to belittle someone for that. But at some point in a Christian's life, they have the opportunity to take it to the next level. 
where they do become a Christian warrior. And a Christian warrior is a light in the darkness. You see, when you don't have this light, I can't see any of your faces. When you have one light, I can see many. This is a Christian warrior. If you consider yourself a Christian warrior, pick up your cell phone and turn on your light. We are the light in the darkness. Amen? Amen. One light. You can see a little bit. I can make a few of you out. When we all become the light, look around. It's our job, guys. If you forget what your job is as a Christian warrior, I hope this reminds you. Every time you're struggling, every time you got to make a decision that doesn't make any sense, and you got to make that decision, and God is trying to point you in a certain direction, you have to remember, instead of the weakness that you have, and you're not brave enough, and you don't have the courage, and you, you just don't have the obedience, you don't think you have the obedience to do it, when you, when you think, I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the wisdom, God, I'm not tough enough for this, but i got to be the light. I have to be the light because God if I don't do it who's gonna step up next because see God puts you in a situation in a dark situation all the time you have a decision to make I can be the light and I can show up and people can see they can see or I can sit back in the darkness and I don't want to know those consequences Mikey, or one of you guys, will y'all just flip the middle lights on? Just the middle. Or I'll tell you what, leave those off. Y'all can turn your lights off now. I'm going to end with a story. Sorry, wrong one. Oh, that's the wrong one. There, oh, I really didn't want that one on. No, there it is. No, there it is. Okay, good. Well, I mean, it makes no sense. You got light switches on this side for the back. Like, it makes, you would think you'd put the, the light switches as close to that light as possible. I don't understand. Maybe I'll tell you what, when we buy this place, maybe we can do some electric work and change it a little bit. I want to end with this story, guys. And then Bojo will be proud of me because it's just now almost 11. Actually, he gave me a moment to type up some of this. I just want to make sure I get this story right. One of my elders sent me an email a while back, uh, Kirby did, and it was a video of uh, Tony Evans' daughter. Y'all heard me talk about Tony Evans. He's one of my favorite pastors. I love that man. And his daughter is amazing. She told this story, and, and I, I didn't have time to pull it up for you guys to watch. So y'all bear with me. I'm going to tell the story. If you've heard it, I'm not going to do it as good as her. She's really good at it, but get over it. It's okay. Just let me get my point across. In the 1940s in England, there was a uh, theology professor named Professor Orr. 
Professor Orr uh, decided he was going to take his theology class to England. They were going to go on a field trip. On this field trip, they went to many different places that, uh, that had a huge impact in, in starting and, and carrying on Christianity. A lot of the theological uh, beliefs that we have today, they were taking them to a lot of places that had a huge role in that. Different buildings, different churches, different offices. And one of the places that they went was to a home, a small home, of a man by the name of John Wesley. John Wesley was a very, very strong evangelist, great man. He had a strong belief in, again, what we have come up with today. Now, understand, guys, he's a strong man and so forth. There might be some things that we may disagree on with John Wesley, but here's the thing. He built the kingdom, right? We're going to honor that. He may not have done it exactly the way that you think it should be done, but he built the kingdom. This is a strong man, though, guys, very strong. I did a lot of reading on this in the last 30 minutes when God put this on my heart. John Wesley was very involved in a lot of the large revivals that happened over here in the United States hundreds of years ago. So the last place they went, again, was to his house. And they go into the kitchen, and, you know, they've got all the old pots and pans and, you know, different mugs and stuff like that. It's really cool. You know, they're checking out the history side of it and everything. And then they go upstairs, and they go into the study, which was really cool. And in some of the stories that I've heard, they literally left the books open that he was studying right before he died. So these students are loving this, right? Because these are all theology majors. They're going through it, and they're checking all these old books out, and they're reading all this stuff. They're checking out pictures on the wall. They're reading stories, really into it. And then they go upstairs, and they go to the last room. The last room is John Wesley's bedroom. The way it was described was a very small bedroom. If you've ever been in my office at the jewelry store, it's very small. I kind of looked at the measurements. It's about the same. Probably a 10 by 10 at most. So they walk in, and they're kind of looking around the room. Not a lot there, but they get to the other side of the bed. And they look down on the carpet. And there's two holes worn in the carpet. Now, that's where John Wesley prayed. He didn't pray for minutes. Guys, he prayed for hours upon hours. Praying for revival. Claiming it in our Father's name. Telling God that he wants to be a part of the movement. Hours upon by hours on his knees to where he wore holes in the carpet. I want y'all to imagine this. That's a lot of time on your knees, guys. So anyway, the professor says, all right, Professor Orr says it's time to go, and he's loading up everybody, and he's going downstairs, and he's getting everybody in the bus, and he does a count. He's one short. So he hurries back inside. He goes to the kitchen. Nobody's there. He goes up to the study. Nobody's there. So he goes to the bedroom. And when he walks in on the other side of the bed, all he can see is the top of this kid's head. He walks over to this kid and he hears this kid praying. And he says, God, do it again. Just do it again. God, do it again and do it with me. 
Professor Orr, as he wipes away the tears from his eyes, leans over and touches the young man. And he said, it's time to go. And in that moment, Billy Graham stood up and went out and got on the bus. And then guess what? God did it again. How many of y'all can ask for that? I'm going to be honest with y'all. I thought I spent a lot of time in prayer. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I, was, I, I really thought that I had a crazy strong relationship with my father. I really thought I spent a lot of time in prayer and in study as much as I could. And then I find out that this man spent hours on his knees. And not only that, but if you study Billy Graham, he did the same thing. You want to know the difference between somebody that can take God's movement and make something happen? It's prayer. Spending time on your knees. Humble yourself before God. He'll exalt you. Guys, that's big. Now listen, I also understand that Billy Graham and John Wesley, that was their job, right? They have time to do those things. That's what I always hear. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to spend hours upon hours. I get it. Guys, I'm busy. I understand. With four women in my household and a business and, and our church and ministry work. And, and a lot of y'all, trust me, I know a lot of y'all are busier than I am. But you can't tell me you can't set your alarm clock 15 minutes earlier in the morning. I don't want to hear it. You can't tell me you won't give God 15 minutes. You can't tell me that you won't turn your dang TV off 15 minutes earlier and go to bed and wake up 15 minutes earlier. I challenge all of you, and we talked about this last week with prayer and how strong it is. Last week, we talked about the structure of prayer. This week, I'm telling you, get on your knees. If you want to be a part of this movement that God has shown this church, it's time. It's time for all of us to get on our knees, humble ourselves, and ask him, do it again with me. Do it again. The person that questioned my sermon last week, I need all of y'all to know, and a lot of you do, my routine on a Sunday before I preach to you guys is when I wake up early in the morning, I hit my knees, and I ask him, what can I do to build your kingdom? God, show me what I need to do. God, if this message that I'm preparing is not right, you show me and you tell me, and I'll be obedient to that. I kind of wish he'd tell me then, though, and not on the way over here. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> After that, I get my notes and everything out. And before I start to even work on the sermon, I lay my hands on my notes, my Bible, my computer, and I ask God to give me the seed that he wants me to plant and to anoint me in the spirit. Then I come up here to this church and before anybody walks in here, I get on my knees at this altar and I claim it again. And then when I'm done with that, before the sermon ever starts and this video is playing, I'm praying again. And then I stand in front of y'all and I claim it again. I do that because y'all need to see it. Here's what I'm trying to get at. I take this very serious. So should you. 
just because I'm a pastor, I am the same person that each one of you are sitting in these seats right now. I'm a father. I'm a jeweler. Guys, come on now. Y'all can do it too. It's time that we stand up as a church. I want us to be a church that will stand up and just stomp out anything that comes at us negatively. I want us to be able to stand in the face of fear and laugh at it. That's what I want us to do. That's what God wants this church to do. So my challenge for you guys, get on your knees.